under renovation. Repeat after me. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I will meditate therein day and night. I will observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then my way shall be prosperous, and then I will have good success. Tell your neighbor I'm getting ready to be blessed again. You may take your seats. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus came along from that time. Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Under renovation. Hallelujah. The purpose of our lesson, need everyone's attention, the purpose of our lesson really is to connect us to the present move of God. Again, the purpose of our lesson is to connect us to the present move of God. Shared with you last week as we began to uh, go into this message last week, shared with you that... um, We are really in a position now to um, understand that there is a move of God that is taking place here in the earth. That we must be cognizant, if you will, to connect to that move. Cognizant to connect to that move. I say this often, I said it even earlier in the service today, that I would rather be where God is and not where he is not. Amen. Last year, not last year, but last week, I mentioned to you, uh, even in the, the uh, incident where Moses, as God used Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, that as he led them, the Bible says, when they came out of Egypt and they were on their way to the promised land, the Bible says that there was a Red Sea that was in front of them that they had to cross. But between Egypt and the Red Sea... God had provided a cloud, a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night to lead them. Amen. Because God was not going to release a people to just simply allow them to stay there in Egypt. He was moving them. Tell somebody he was moving them. Also shared with you that there are seven dispensations. Seven dispensations. That's just very simply how God deals with man at different times in history. They're called dispensations. I shared with you that there is the dispensation of innocence. There's a dispensation of conscience. The dispensation of human government. The dispensation of promise. The dispensation of law. The dispensation of grace. And the seventh dispensation of the millennial kingdom. All of those dispensations show 
how God deals with man in human history and how that one dispensation, when it is completed, then they move to the next one. We are now in the sixth dispensation, which is the dispensation of grace. Are you still here? Every dispensation that has come on found man (coughs) engaging in the beginning of the dispensation, trying his best to accomplish the will of God, only to find at the end that he failed and God had to help him. Amen? God had to help him. But my point for bringing that to the table is so that you understand that God is moving. That there is a movement that's taking place. Are you still here? Also talked about the spiritual revelations that hit the church. That caused the church to continue to grow. The body of Christ to continue to grow. And to become that entity, that organism that God had designed for it to be. God used great men and women of the past to continue, with revelation, to continue certain movements. Smith Wigglesworth, y'all remember. I talked about John Smith, John Wesley, talked about them. Okay? Also mentioned uh, people such as William Seymour, talked about him. We talked about Charles Harrison Mason. We talked about those different leaders that God used, gave revelation, causing different flows and movement, causing the body of Christ to grow, to develop, to become. Several awakenings that took place. There was a prayer movement that took place. There was miracles. There was a reformation movement that took place. Several revivals that took place. Amen. There was the holiness, the traditional movement, then the holiness movement, which gave birth to the Pentecostal movement. Amen? We talked about these different movements. John Smith introduced the Baptist movement and Martin Luther and others produced different movements because of revelation that that God released in the earth. Amen? So just sharing those things with you, Uh, really helps us to understand that God is not a stagnant God. God is not a stagnant God. There were Oral Roberts. Come on, y'all remember the great Oral Roberts. Amen. Introducing uh, uh, miracles and things of that nature. Catherine Kuhlman and others. God used these people. Amen. Used these people to cause, by revelation, to cause the body of Christ to continue to advance. Ask your neighbor next to you, are you advancing or are you standing still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, as we're dealing with this particular message now and this text now in Matthew chapter 3 and Matthew chapter 4, we find now (coughs) that the fifth dispensation of law was in existence. And then what was happening is now the birth of Christ, that which had been prophesied by many in history. You find Christ in every book of the Bible, every Old Testament book of the Bible, you can find Christ in it. There's always an announcement speaking of one that is to come, speaking of Christ himself. 
And it is now time that God has released it, the timing, that God has released now his next move by bringing Christ into the earth. Uses a woman by the name of Mary. Angel comes down. As the angel comes down, he begins to speak to Mary. Mary is a young, poor virgin. Angel speaks to her. Tell her she's highly favored of the Lord. And that she's going to give birth. But the angel tells her, fear not, of course, first. But then tells her she's going to give birth. And she wants to know, how is this going to happen? Young lady's engaged already. She's betrothed. She's in the first piece or part of the marriage covenant. Engagement back then in their culture different than it is today. Engagement in the Jewish culture, particularly then, there was a legal binding contract just like a marriage contract or covenant. Amen. She was already betrothed, already engaged, already set apart. And then now here's the angel telling her that she is going to be giving birth to a child. She wants to know how this is, how is this going to be? Angel speaks to her and says that the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. This will be child or seed of the Holy Ghost. After the deliberation that Mary has and the questions and concerns that she has with the angel, she makes a very tough decision. Because she has to be concerned about her reputation. Sure enough, Joseph was. But she's concerned, being a virgin, how this is going to appear. But she overrides the voice of the Lord, the movement of God. What God wanted to do next in human history was so much stronger than her personal, uh, her, her personal reputation that she said, be it unto me, according to the word of God. So it was that the Holy Ghost overshadowed her, and she was with child of the Holy Ghost, his name, Jesus the Messiah. So now at this time, Jesus grows, and now we see, according to Matthew's account of the gospel in chapter number 3, Jesus is an adult, and now here comes John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus. But he comes along, and he begins to declare, crying in the wilderness, repent ye. For the kingdom of heaven, come on, is at hand. Yeah. He begins to cry out. He makes it very clear. I'm not the one that's coming. There's one who's coming after me who's mightier than I, whose shoelaces I'm not worthy to bear or to tie or to untie. So he begins to talk and declare this in the wilderness. Repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Or in other words, he is announcing that the next move of God has arrived. John the Baptist now announces that the era, the dispensation of law has come to a close. Y'all better hear me. Come to a close and there is the beginning and the release and the launching of this new era, this new dispensation of grace. We find now that it moves on and that they take John the Baptist after he, of course, baptizes Jesus and all. But then they take him after the baptism of Jesus and they imprison him and then they kill him. Jesus gets news of this. 
He gets news of this as he had been launched by God himself to begin his ministry. He gets news of this, and then he takes the message that John started. John the Baptist started, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus now takes and embraces that same sermon. And he begins to declare, repent ye. Well, the Bible says he began to preach. Repent, excuse me, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When he says, uh, when he says, starts preaching, what he's doing is he's not casually introducing the next move. He's actually through preaching, preaching the promulgation of the gospel. He's actually urging. He's, he's, he's coming with energy and he's urging. It's almost like a plead that he is making. In this sense, preaching <coughs> is not this, this quiet, negotiable uh, conversation that he's having, casual, nonchalant. It is an urging to repent. In other words, a new era, the era of grace has arrived. And in order for you to tap into this move of God, you must release the last move. Okay, okay. You cannot embrace what's about to happen now if you hold on to your past. That's really where I'm going today. You cannot embrace your now and future if you won't release your past. Shared with you last week, and then I'm going to jump into the new stuff for the next 15 minutes. And that is this, that that the people who have been in the dispensation of law have not only been, been, been used to it or born into it. It's a part of their uh, thinking, their process now. And because of part of their process now, they are, watch this, they are sin conscious. Because the law came to present to mankind their sin or their error, how far they're missing the mark. To show us where we're wrong. Prior to there being a law, there was no knowledge of sin. Law comes as a good thing so that someone or that the world, mankind, can recognize they are not as great as they think they are. They are really messed up. Now the law brings that to show them their sins, and now there is accountability for those actions. Are you all still here? So they grew up under this system. And when you grow up under a system and you hear the announcement of something new coming on the scene and asking you to release the past, it is not as easy as it sounds. Because now you have learned how to do wrong by reflex. You have a consciousness now that you're going to mess up with a cleansing once a year. So you make plans knowing I'm going to mess up. Is there anybody in here that make plans accommodating, yeah, their weaknesses? We're so conscious that we do mess up that we make plans with that as a factor. 
And when we make plans with that as a factor, we miss out on God's best. Glory to God. So Jesus comes along urging, saying, repent, change your mind, but don't just change your mind. Let a revolution take place in your mind. Let a a radical change happen in your mind. Let a radical change. You have to do something radical now. Tell your neighbor you can't be casual anymore. We can't approach things lackadaisical anymore, like it's not important. Like it ain't no big deal. Now, I'll get to it when I get to it. No, no, it's time to get to it right now. It's time out for accommodating our weaknesses. Come on, come on, come on. Not trying to condemn you, but really trying to bring a message of freedom. That's all Jesus and John was trying to do. He's saying, repent. He's not saying, say, I'm sorry. He's not saying, please forgive me. He's saying, repent. Change the way you think. Repenting goes further. It's the word metanoia, which really means to change radically. But watch this now. It's to the point, the application is that I change to the point where I have been captive in the past by sin because of the law, but now because of this new move, I'm going to change my mind radically because I really, truly, deep down, hate sin. I don't like it. I, I, I hate sin. See, and that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm not trying to say in your human frailty as a fallen man that you now have to be perfect, sinless. I'm telling you, though, that you do have to radically change your mind and hate sin. Because the moment you hate sin is the day you begin to live free under Christ. With a sin consciousness, I'm I'm going to do something with a knowledge that I may mess up. But when I have a grace consciousness, come on, y'all. When I have a grace consciousness, here's what happens. I do things with the expectation to succeed. I don't have failure on my mind. I don't have falling on my mind. I don't have trouble on my mind. I don't have, come on, difficulties on my mind. I have success on my mind. I have winning on my mind. I have pleasing God on my mind. I have given glory to God on my, I have a mind to please the Father. I don't have a mind that I'm going to mess up. I have a mind I'm going to please God. Yeah, yeah. I don't pray, watch this now, I don't get on my knees praying for my new place or my new car. Come on. I don't pray, I'm going to go ahead and say this one here, I don't pray for my husband or my wife, new, 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 I don't pray mm -hmm, for those things with the mindset that I might fail, that they might turn me down. I don't, come on, I don't pray, I don't go to a car dealer thinking they're going to tell me no, Deke. I go to a car dealer expecting a yes. And if they don't give me a yes, I just simply say they're not the one that's going to partner with me. That's all. That's all. 
But when you have a sin consciousness or a failure fall consciousness or a legalistic law consciousness, you go there afraid when they check your credit. Am I talking to anybody, if not everybody? You don't even, can I say this? You don't even need good credit. Now, I'm not saying be a bad steward and a bad manager. What I am saying is that is not the factor when God wants to do something. Because our past is our past. I messed up. Yes, I did mess up. I I was a bad steward before. But now I have, Brother Eddie, repented. I have changed the way. Oh, my God. The way I do things. I have a kingdom mindset now, not a worldly mindset now. So with a kingdom mindset, I expect to win. Come on, elbow somebody say, I expect to win because I have a kingdom mindset. Tired of losing. Tired of giving in. Tired of not having. Tired to be poor, poor me. It's time now to move into the plan of God. Hallelujah. Success is my inheritance. I'm supposed to win. Nothing arrogant about that. Jesus paid for me to win. He told me in the word that he would give me houses that I didn't build. Vineyards that I didn't plant. That's the will of God for me. All I need to do is have a kingdom mindset. I need to simply change my mind. Tell your neighbor God's on the move, are you? Hallelujah. I feel the wind at my back. I feel the Holy Ghost saying something. I feel the anointing unctioning me into something different and something new. Am I willing to go or am I going to stay there? Hallelujah. Come on, just tell somebody. I don't know why I'm doing all this. Tell somebody. Tell, just go ahead and tell, let's just go ahead and talk and interact. You know, it's an interactive service. Hallelujah. Just tell somebody I'm getting up out of here. My days of struggle are over. I struggle because I use my flesh to get it done. I use my own ingenuity to get it done. I have my own plans to get it done. And that's why I fail because my flesh... Is trying to rule in this matter, but when I shift, oh yeah, yeah, when I shift and I begin to flow in the spirit, it's no longer the law that's dictating how I'm going to live. I got the grace of God speaking to me now. I got the Holy Ghost empowering me and I got an unction. Tell somebody, I got an unction. I feel a nudge to move from here. I feel an urging to move from here. I'm getting a tap on my elbow to move from him. I hear God saying it's time to get up and move to the next place now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not trying to pump your head up or pump your soul up. I'm trying to show you the promise of God. There is an announcement. Repent. It's not a condemning word. It's a liberating word. Repent. 
If you don't change your mind, watch what will happen. You will make decisions based upon the old script in a new place. You'll be in a new place making decisions based upon an old script. Ain't no need to live in grace and act like the law. Ain't nothing wrong with the law, but its purpose has ended now. The Bible says that Jesus came to fulfill, to complete the law. He swallowed it up. And no longer do we have to look at the law for direction. We look at Jesus. Y'all will get that when you're on your way home today. I know you like studying the Ten Commandments, and ain't nothing wrong with studying the Ten Commandments. You ought to know them, but I want you to understand this. If you choose to live your life by it without the grace of God, you're going to die by it too. Law ain't got no hands to reach out and help you. The law don't have no napkins or any, any tissue to dry up your tears. The law ain't got nothing that's going to help you to get through what you're going through. The law going to look at you and keep showing it to you until you bleed to death. But I tell you, it's time to shift. Okay, okay, okay. Somebody shout, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The king has something to say about it. Ain't no political king coming up in here either. There's a spiritual king coming up here. The spiritual kingdom trumps the political kingdom. Okay. Three minutes. Okay. Now. Billy Graham says... When it comes down to sin, well, this is me right here, what God gave me, that we got to hate sin. Billy Graham says, he says, sin is a disease of the heart that affects the soul and affects the body. That if we allow sin to reign, we will commit suicide, spiritual suicide. It's time to live in Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Because it's not just, watch this now, it's not just a plan to live by, it's a man to live by. Okay, okay. I don't have to do things anymore to be right. All I have to do is be in Christ to be right. Come on, y'all. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, come on, he is a new that's the word renovate. To remodel back to its original state. To make new again. 
if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old. Somebody say old. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things become, sounds like renovation to me. Old things are passed away. It don't mean the grave ain't still there. It just means that you, did, you bury things in the graveyard. Dead things go in the graveyard. Come on. And you don't live by what is dead any longer. Renovation means to make new, to restore, to reconstruct, to remodel. Tell your neighbor, I'm under renovation. Let me throw the question in here again. I left you with this last week. I'm going to leave it again because I'm still building. When, I'll say it in the first person so you don't think I'm talking to you directly. When will I resolve my past? When am I going to bring resolution to my past? I submit to you that the quirkiness of the body of Christ, y'all know what it means to be quirky, right? There's certain ways about you that's different. You say, ah, we, we, you know, we deem you to be normal, but there's certain things you do, little sounds you make that just... Little stuff you do, you're like, did that just happen? Did you just do that? Everything be fine, you know. All of a sudden, you do something like, wait a minute. We all have some quirkiness about us. I submit to you that the quirkiness of the church, of the body of Christ, is because we haven't resolved our past. We don't realize the church is a brand new Jesus bought, Jesus birthed organism that don't have the stain, oh Lord help me, the stain of any past. When you become born again, born from above, saved, not culturally a Christian, but a, but a serious Christian. Born of the Spirit. Blood-washed believer. When you become a Christian, you are not anymore what you used to be. What we have to do now, or rather, what the Word has to do now, is to wash that 
gray, right? I'm, I mean, I'm, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna wash that gray right out of my head. No. No. What the Word of God has to do is wash that old stinking thinking. It is confusing and frustrating to live a conflicted life. Renovation means to make new, to restore, to re construct to remodel tell your neighbor I'm under renovation let me throw the question in here again I left you with this last week I'm going to leave it again because I'm still building when I'll say it in the first person so you don't think I'm talking to you directly. When will I resolve my past? When am I going to bring resolution to my past? I submit to you that the quirkiness of the body of Christ, y'all know what it means to be quirky, right? There's certain ways about you that's different. You say, ah, we, we, you know, we deem you to be normal, but there's certain things you do, little sounds you make that just, little stuff you do, you're like, did that just happen? Did you just do that? Everything be fine, you know. All of a sudden, you do something like, wait a minute. We all have some quirkiness about us. I submit to you that the quirkiness of the church, of the body of Christ, is because we haven't resolved our past. We don't realize the church is a brand new, Jesus-bought, Jesus-birthed organism. That don't have the stain, oh Lord help me, the stain of any past. When you become born again, born from above, saved, not culturally a Christian, but a, but a serious Christian, born of the Spirit. Blood-washed believer. When you become a Christian, you are not anymore what you used to be. What we have to do now, or rather, what the Word has to do now is to wash that gray, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, 
going to wash that gray right out of my head. No. No. What the Word of God has to do is wash that old stinking thinking. It is confusing and frustrating to live a conflicted life. Come on, this is the best deal you're going to get. I'll let it go past. Because if that's the best you can offer, I got a God that can provide everything I need when I need it and right on time. Tell me I'm going to miss an opportunity. If you really want me to have it, give me my time to deliberate. Give me my chance to check it out. Let me do my due diligence before I make a decision. I got to cut it out here. I got to stop. But when am I going to resolve my past? Because if I don't resolve my past, it'll take room, take up room in my present. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Time for the church to come out of its old past. Time for the church to be the church. Did y'all hear me? It's time for the church to be the church. It's time for the church to be authentic and real. Come on, come on, come on. We need genuineness to show up again. We need real love to show up on the scene. I don't need no fake love because I'm going to test that fake love. And when that fake love don't hold up and stand up under the pressure... All this pseudo stuff, fake stuff ain't standing up under nothing these days. It looks good, and people are buying into it, but it don't last long. Devil trying to give you a fast fix, a quick high. I don't know what's wrong with me this morning. Devil trying to make you feel good about yourself. And Jesus said, I didn't come here to make friends with you. I come to put mother against daughter, father... Oh, Lord, have mercy. I didn't come here to make friends with your, with, with your malfunctioning self. With, 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 with. Oh, help me through here, Lord. Jesus said, I didn't come here to make friends with your dysfunction. Trying to get you free. To shake you loose from your past so you can get in the move of God that's happening right now. My God. My God. The reason why, why am I saying this today? The reason why money keeps sidestepping you is because you're still trying to do it in your flesh. Well, Pastor, I'm praying. And? I have expectation and the graveyard is filled with expectation. Time to do something. 
wrote a song some years ago, and one of the lyrics on it, little country, little hoodie, uh, a, a little piece. Vernacular is not real, like, clean in this sense. It says, get on up. Uh huh. Get on up. You probably won't see that in Scripture. Especially not in 16th century Elizabethan language. It probably won't say, get on up. Wouldest thou like to arise? The lyric says, get on up. Ada. O-U-T-T-A. Ada. I know that's bad vernacular, but I got my point across. Get on up. Out of that situation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Then I said it again. Get on up. Out of that situation. Then I used the scripture. Rise and walk. In the name. Of Jesus. Stand to your feet, everybody. Man was in a condition for 38 years. Do you want to be made whole? He was in that condition for 38 years, D. He had gotten so used to it. Complained about nobody, when the water's trouble, will put him in. He said, I ain't asked you all that. <laughs> he said, I, I ain't asked you that. That's the message translation. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do you want to be made whole? Well, when uh, the water's stirred, every time it comes down, somebody always gets, I ain't asked you all that. See, when you're in a situation for so long, you begin to embrace the thinking of that situation. And you can't even answer the question that's being asked you. One of the elders came to me this morning, asked me, asked me a question. He was sharing something with me. I said, <clears throat> I said now, was your question answered? And he started him and her. I said, no, 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 no. The question you asked, was it answered? No, because people are not answering the questions. They're filtering it through their issues. beggar had been begging so long that he had made an occupation out of it. A professional beggar had beggar's clothes on. Jesus said, in order for you to come out of that condition, you got to get up and get rid of those begging Outfits. Lift your hands right where you are. Oh, we ain't finished yet. May I invite you to come back next week if you can.